Hello, beautiful soul family, and welcome to the Walk On Podcast, the podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week's episode is called Cancel Culture. (laughs) And I just want to talk about like the misconceptions of what cancel culture is, the difference between taking responsibility and um, a kind of mob mentality, how some opportunistic and often more narcissistic capitalistic individuals use it for their own gain. Um, how it doesn't work in a lot of ways because the people who get canceled just like continue on um, and how maybe we should shift more towards a vibe of reformative or restorative justice where like I talked about this in my last episode a little bit like you know when we say abolish police and abolish prisons as communists and anarchists we're saying like like abolish the state we're saying that a lot of times crime is an act of desperation of just trying to survive in capitalism which is a system where the odds are stacked like the very matrix of the system itself is in opposition to the human beings trying to live inside of it within it and um and how like a lot of what we consider crime like you know stealing or or getting into like gang activity or um or the war on drugs like all of that is rooted in white supremacy really and all of it works together to marginalize already marginalized communities further or keep them in a state of barely hanging on like never thriving only surviving and because of the way the system works like i was talking about this in my last episode where you know if you have an addiction problem that's like more mild compared to someone who has a more extreme um issue with addiction or like you know uses the coping mechanism of substance use um a little more severely or like it just seems like a bigger problem that doesn't mean that they're weaker than you it doesn't mean that you're better than them or stronger than them it just means that you had more resources and that's what happens Um, in jail systems is that people who start off life with less resources obviously continue having less resources throughout their lives and that leads to moments of desperation not to mention like generational trauma that goes unchecked in marginalized communities because and not just generational trauma interpersonally and in families but generational trauma um systemically like if you think about how the only way to heal abuse is for the abuse like not the only way to heal abuse you can heal anything within yourself 
but externally, like relationally, the only way to heal abuse between an abuser and the person that was a victim of the abuse is for the abuser to take accountability, to take responsibility, to internalize that harm was done, and to move on um, in a healthier direction, and to never repeat those abusive behaviors again, right? Apology without a change in behavior is simply more manipulation. And we've never done that as white people in this country or in the greater world for colonization and imperialism. So without the abuse being acknowledged, with no reparations or no like movement towards reparations being made, and just continuing the marginalization, oppression, exploitation through like the school to prison pipeline, through the war on drugs, all it does is keep black and brown people in jail doing free labor for the ruling class. Um, and that's why abolish police is like part of the anarchist and communist movements and not just defunding, you know, like full on get rid of it because they aren't doing any service work. Like they're literally weapons of the state. They exist to protect property and not people. They do not protect and serve us. They protect and serve the ruling class. And if it's all power to all people, which of course it's not in a capitalist, white supremacist, heteropatriarchal society, um, of course it's not. Like they want people marginalized. They want people having less. They want people stuck in these cycles of surviving, like doing whatever you need to do to make it through the day and feed yourself and feed your family. And, um, and meanwhile, because capitalism is rooted in this moral superiority that people who have more deserve more because they're better, um, because of all that, then the victim gets blamed. <laughs> and then we get to watch the six o'clock news. Does that even exist anymore, the six o'clock news? Then we get to sit in front of our TVs or like scroll on our phones and say like, what is with the world today? You know, like even now, we see it now with um, people on unemployment. Like there's all this shame, all these jobs, this labor shortage, and y'all are sitting on unemployment. And it's like, well, A, global pandemic. <laughs> um, B, like we were all just collectively traumatized. Can we just uh, sit in the truth of that for a second? Like just because you carried on with your life as if nothing happened and you stuffed the painful, fearful um, trauma of like mass death down so that you don't feel it just because you're numb to the struggle doesn't mean that the struggle doesn't exist and doesn't mean that your body is not keeping the score of all of that trauma. So like, this is what capitalism requires of us. It requires of us to stuff it down and keep moving, like stuff it down and keeping a little worker bee in this society and you're not even working for your benefit. You're working for the benefit of Jeff Bezos going to space. Like it's utterly ridiculous. So like when we say like abolish the state, abolish police, abolish prisons and get into restorative justice, that means like, if, if you don't want prisons or police to exist, then you have to provide 
resources. You have to provide like treatment facilities. You have to make sure people have mental health care. You have to make sure people have physical health care. You have to make sure there's like community building that we're connecting to one another, that we're taking care of one another. You have to make sure that people's basic human needs are met so that they're not doing things that are dangerous or harmful. Um, but people want to just like punish. You know, it's, it's in the human ego to punish. Um, a lot of people who, like, get into trouble do so because they feel like they don't have another option. And, like, sometimes that's just, like, a limiting belief, but sometimes it is a physical reality. And, um, and... People just need tools, like people just need time, people just need healing, people just need information. And it is it is much easier for the ego to attach, latch on to what has always been, you know, what is most available, what is fastest, especially if you're like hungry, if you're cold, if you're hot, if your water is contaminated, um, in the neighborhood you live in, if your house is falling down, like desperation um leads to like impulsive decisions because you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do in the moment um so all of those you know abolishing these harmful toxic predatory systems requires um creating community from a space of like giving and receiving and not exploiting it requires a deprioritization of money and a and a and a first time ever prioritization of human beings of of an abundant life of a of care of support of um, empathy communication you know healing and healing is counterproductive to capitalism because. If we all had boundaries, we wouldn't be um, allowing ourselves to be exploited and consider that like a morally superior way of life. Like how many people are out here bragging about how little they sleep, how little they eat, how much they work, how much time they've devoted to their career. And all they can talk about is like getting their dream car or, um, you know, making six figures by the time they're 25 or whatever the fuck, you know, it's nonsense. Um, it's ego driven. And, and that's fine. Like everyone, everyone is where they are. Like this, the brainwashing and the programming and indoctrination of the cult of American capitalism, especially I'm just going to shit on my own country that I live in. Um, cause I don't know what experiences other people have in different parts of the world, but it does seem to be a global issue right now. And we're seeing a global collapse a global resistance and I think all of that is beautiful. I'm gonna do an episode here pretty soon about um, the tower card and the tarot and it's gonna be called let the tower fall and I feel like that's where we are at this moment. The tower card represents um, things being built on a faulty foundation and the inevitable collapse of anything that's not meant to last. Like anything that's not meant to stick around, anything that's not truly in alignment with you, anything that's not for your good, anything that's not to use a new age cliche serving you is 
has got to go at a certain point. And we resist, you know, our ego resists. It doesn't, when we change, when we get new information, our ego dies. It experiences a little death and um, it doesn't want to experience that obviously because with death comes grief and mourning and releasing and changing and transforming and all of this can be a painful and sad process Um, and i think that's why a lot of people quit mid-transformation but on the other side of that is beautiful Um, on the other side of that is what's sustainable on the other side of that is living one's truth and living in a way that does as little harm as possible and so um i think it's a really important and like crucial and necessary time to be practicing the release practicing the surrender to change i have a lot of past episodes about change and surrender and letting go you can go check those out in my archive if you feel so inclined Um, Or you can stay tuned for that episode, which will be probably in September sometime. Um, But that's what we mean when we say restorative justice. It's like investing in the change, um, spreading awareness and information, like correcting lovingly instead of from a judgmental place. And I think this is where, as I was talking about in last week's episode um, with the generation wars, like I'm seeing it happen now to, to me through the eyes of Gen Z. Like in, in my coming of age moment on the internet, when we were just confronting in our, in, for our generation's sake, like on a on a mainstream level, confronting white supremacy, confronting um, capitalism, confronting the cis-heteropatriarchy, like unpacking all of these things and really thinking about them for the first time. And as with any kind of healing, like the pendulum has to swing really extreme before it can balance out, you know, like, and we were angry. We were really angry. We were, we were learning so fast, like ingesting a lot of information really quickly, and it felt good. It felt like we were changing the world. It felt like we were on track to something great. It felt like seeing each other grow and sharing information. Like it started off as this beautiful thing, this beautiful awakening. It felt like a shift was occurring. And I'm only speaking about this from a place of like, like a queer white person so like I know I'm coming from a privileged place here and like obviously black and brown people have been fighting this fight for a long time and it's a privilege to even be unaware and like have to learn about um like uh the pervasive power of white supremacy and how it's a program that lives in all of us and you know like to be new to that fight is a privilege so I understand that so like take what I say with a grain of salt because um, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about but um, it did feel really good it also felt really scary you know looking at wounds for the for the first time or for the 10,000th time is difficult it's it's like facing down a monster I often 
in my um, visualizations, I often see my trauma as this like big, like sort of smoke <laughs> demon like Hexus from Fern Gully, if anyone's a 90s kid listening. Um, like a huge, you know, like the size of a mountain, like this big, hazy, like <laughs> demonic figure with these red eyes um, chasing me down um, to a cliff's edge and I have to leap and leap and leap again. And it's kind of this metaphor for like, you know how people say like the devil you know versus the devil you don't? Like it's the it's a metaphor for the devil I don't. It's a metaphor for becoming the full card in the tarot, for leaping off the cliff. Even though the path of healing is unknown to me, even though I see no template, I grew up with no one who was invested in their healing. I grew up in a family where everything was swept under the rug. So jumping off that cliff every time into healing's arms is terrifying and unknown and I don't know if I'm going to be caught but I know that that monster behind me is not the way and so that's what keeps me ever moving forward um but all that being said like it is terrifying <laughs> it is scary every time I find a wound I there's so much grief behind it underneath it in the roots of it and it's just a lot of work to constantly be unpacking this and I've had so many people criticize me like this is all you think about like this is all you do this is fun for you like don't you ever just chill like don't you ever take a break and the answer is like the healing is the break the relief is the break the giving it to other people is the break and yes I rest you know yes I watch tv Yes, I hang out with my partner, but yes, I hang out with my friends, but what we're always talking about is tearing down the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy, so no, I don't really take a break, and, um, and that's because it's everything to me, but all that being said, there did become this, what started out as good intentions of cancel culture, you know, calling out sexual predators, like these massive movements uncovering the conspiracy of protecting and enabling um, abusers and people who exploit and like people who just aren't working from a place of love and abundance and who are instead working from a place of control and like oppression. Um, calling out systems within systems within systems within systems a kind of global reckoning of marginalized people. And then that trickled down into like, you know, exposing people who were openly racist on the internet, like exposing bosses who were horribly abusive, exposing, exposing, exposing teachers who were shitty, like, you know, and I, again, I think all that's beautiful. I think all that's great. I think all of that started from an altruistic place. I think people facing consequences for their harmful actions is integral to reformative and restorative justice. I don't want, like, reformative to me sometimes has, like, Christian connotations, but I always use that word first, but I like the word restorative better. So, like, bear with me as I transition my language to using the word that actually feels better but you know language is ever evolving and sometimes it takes our mouth a little while to catch up <laughs> um so yeah like 
it started out from a good place. It started out from a beautiful place. In order to understand that we are doing harm, we often need to be called out for it. Like, um, sometimes you don't know that something you're doing is harmful. Sometimes we're so in our own heads, in our own experience, as the center of our own universe, that we don't realize that what we're doing is not okay. And that's why we need to be able to call one another out or in in order to um, do better. Like I said in the last episode, you can't do better till you know better, but once you know better, do. And this has happened to me like many times in my journey. I'm constantly confronted with like the violence of whiteness, of being a white woman, of the history. I'm going to do an episode on on the uncomfortable truth of white womanhood um, soon. And, you know, it's like the more research you do, the more you see that whiteness is perceived as violence like we just make people feel unsafe with our very presence by just like existing in a space and that's because we have been actively violent and not safe for a very 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 long time and in fact things like what happened with Emmett Till where a white woman accuses a black child of being inappropriate with her and that person is like violently murdered like the manifestations or repeats of that behavior still happen to this very day so um it hasn't been fixed yet we haven't been held accountable or we've been like obviously people of color have been trying to give us the (laughs) the gift of self-awareness and accountability but we haven't really taken that up um on a mainstream level i mean look at like white people protesting um teaching about the truth of slavery instead of this whitewashed version where everything wasn't that bad like that's avoiding responsibility that's collective systemic gaslighting and it's not okay um so it is very important to like make people aware it is important i think for people who are um actively racist and and unwilling to learn um actively sexist and unwilling to learn actively predatory and unwilling to learn actively homophobic and unwilling to learn i think it is important to remove those people from positions of power because like that all they're going to do is perpetuate the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy like that's not helping anyone that's not helping your company that's not helping your customers that's not helping um your employees like it's just definitely let's get those people out of positions of power and replace them with people who are going to do better good good better (laughs) people who are not going to cause as much harm um all of that stuff is like really great and love to see it love 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 to see it what is what feels what starts to feel bad when it crosses over into the realm of maybe needing a little bit of questioning is this like cult mentality where what I'm starting to unpack um, the use of the word narcissism or narcissist um, and just replace it with abuser because um, I'm just seeing a lot of discourse that corrects my perception of it. You know, if it is a personality disorder that's diagnosable, um, 
like obviously there would be people who who hold narcissistic traits within themselves who are willing to work on it and so like demonizing or or just making it this like blanket statement for all abusers doesn't really isn't really right um so I'm working on like unpacking and deprogramming that and like using gentler and less generalizing words but for a long time narcissistic abuse has very much explained many of my experiences in this lifetime and have really helped me heal so with that being said um what in the narcissistic healing community like narcissistic abuse healing community is called like a communal narcissist this is someone these are like your cult leaders Um, your politicians, like people who are very charismatic, who would appear on paper to be good people. You know, they do good. They have a good message. um, They consider, they seem to consider others like they live a life of service. They've achieved some kind of greatness um, through, I don't know, like they, they come off as a little bit selfless. They're like the martyrs. They're like the covert abusers you know they maybe don't yell and scream but they do demand a certain amount of attention and respect and as with all abusers of this variety um when they sense dissension or questioning they like go in on 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 these people on people who want to break free if you look at something like scientology at the um, fundamentalist like orthodox community or of any cult that has existed ever on this earth um they don't take really kindly to people leaving they don't take very kindly to people questioning even like fundamentalist christianity you know i've been hanging out with fundamentalist christians and they'll tell me like if you believe in abortion like you can't be a christian you're going to hell if you believe in gay marriage you can't be a christian and you're going to hell um and (laughs) that just always rubs me the wrong way because as you know dear listener i believe that we all hold a a gorgeous unique um and ultimately helpful piece of the cosmic puzzle and it's our job to listen to one another to be excuse the horns honking in the background (laughs) to be um open to receiving one another to respect one another's journeys and paths like it's it's really not about if you're in a place of judging others if you're in a place of condemning others if you're in a place of moral superiority to others that just doesn't feel correct to me i think you miss out on a lot of learning if you're operating that way in the world so what i've seen in these in these microcosms of the macrocosm of the social justice movement in general um is of course the people that rise to positions of power in these groups are not always <laughs> the best intentioned like anyone who gravitates towards power towards exposure towards making money off a thing like usually just because of the way the system works just because we're all um indoctrinated into a way of seeing the world where we give respect we give authority we give power to like the loudest and most boisterous in the room and that's 
that's nobody's bad, you know, like it just happens. That's the way it's set up. Like, um, if you've, <laughs> I don't know, it's like how, how the people that like get or become teachers favorites in school are usually just the ones who are the most like in their face about it. It's kind of like the person who tells you like, they're so smart. Like they tell you enough that you start to believe that your intelligence is inferior to them. Like it's that kind of like, for lack of a better word, like narcissistic mentality where like just someone's overinflated ego and like thirst and quest for power puts you in a place of imbalance as far as like comparing yourself to them and them comparing yourself to you, themselves to you, if that makes sense. Um, and so those tend to be the people who rise up to positions of power because they claim it for themselves. I always think about, I tried to run like a, like a healing circle and it was really important to me to keep it like very anarchist, very non-hierarchical. I started off like presenting weekly topics for us to discuss and then I kind of abandoned that because I was like, what if that's not what everyone wants to talk about? Like what if I was doing it in conjunction with the podcast and then I was like no it should be its own thing I shouldn't be using it for self-promotion like I just want people to get together and like talk and discuss and learn like just share our pieces of the puzzle and um and just have it be that like I don't necessarily want to be in charge I don't want anyone to be in charge but inevitably someone who's much more capitalistic and like hungry for power ended up take like trying to take a position of leadership in a group where I was trying to maintain no leadership, right? Because I wanted it to be truly equitable and like even across the board. Um, and it was just a very jarring experience for me because I just didn't expect it to happen. You know, I thought everyone was on the same page, but, um, you know, someone who thirsts for power. Um, sees a space like that and sees it as like, oh, there's no leadership because everyone's weak and they need me to be in charge and they need me to tell them how to do things. You know, they can't just like let it lie. It's sort of like when you meet an abuser and you're like a very empathic, soft person, um, the abuser will see your ability to feel as a weakness and as something to be exploited. And that's not your fault. It is like important though to lay boundaries with these kinds of people uh, and keep them um in check a little bit like stand up to them let them know when they're causing harm um and and let it go and walk away to protect yourself if you need to all of that being said like i've seen it happen in my own circles and not just in that case like it's happened many many times where um, I'm trying to like create an environment of teaching and learning and there's always someone who feels the need to take over and to make it more profitable, to make it more like marketable, to make it less about the exchange of information and more about like I'm the boss, you're, you work for me and, and or you're like the student or whatever. So it's really hard to maintain like a non-hierarchical movement when we're operating under capitalism and everyone sees like the person who steps up as like this hero. But, um, you know, it's like, I can't remember who said this, maybe it was Bernie Sanders. But, 
you know, the, the politician, if you have to have politicians, the politician you want is the reluctant politician, right? It's someone who, like, doesn't really want to do the job, but just knows they want to do good. Um, you don't want someone who's, like, gleefully accepting a position of power because that probably means that they just want to be in charge. Um, that they feel superior to others, that they... You know, like, who wants power? Like, power makes me so uncomfortable. Not because I don't think I'm up for it, but because I just, like, don't like that. Like, I just don't like the idea of hierarchy that anyone deserves more time, more space, more energy than anyone else. Like, it just rubs me the wrong way. Like, I'm just an anarchist through and through. And, um... But we're still in capitalism and so like those people get more airtime more respect and eventually more power um and the way that people have been getting it in this post social justice awakening world especially on the internet is by being like aggressively cancel-y <laughs> um I've seen this happen in many like like social circles I've been in where someone who proves themselves to be opportunistic, capitalistic, not of integrity, you know, for for again lack of a better word like communally narcissistic, like very clicky, not to sound juvenile, but like a bully, like someone who's a bully and they have, it's like a Regina George from Mean Girls and like the mean girl, the plastic situation. You know, there's usually a ringleader and then a bunch of minions who do their dirty work. And this person will go after people that they don't like, that they're jealous of, that they are feeling competitive with that they just like were rubbed the wrong way by them like socially like there's just so many reasons why it happens to people um it seems arbitrary to me at times or just seems like personally driven and they will outright lie manipulate events um like just spread sort of disinformation sometimes people just like to stir the pot and cause drama so they'll just be like i heard this person was problematic with very little evidence you know very little first-hand accounts i've seen someone go to and like a like an event sort of producer um and say like and tell someone else's like sexual harassment story like they personally weren't a victim so they were telling someone else's victimization story so that they could replace that person in their job like just very cutthroat very capitalistic very opportunistic and not from a place of wanting to heal like not from a place of restorative justice not from a place of wanting to make things safer or better or even if they do have those intentions or they operate under the um the guise of those intentions it really is coming from a place of not love again that's not to say that people don't need to take accountability for their bad behavior that's not to say that some of these like whispers of people being problematic or maybe even dangerous aren't helpful in certain cases if they happen to be true but the fact that you can just if you don't like someone you can just like say some terrible shit about them 
or concoct a way in which they're deeply and intrinsically problematic in order to throw them off their platform to to uh, sabotage their success like it just becomes this like insatiable like mechanism of um of like judgment and attack and like negativity um it's not really doing any good if you take a step back and look at it and i guess this is what rubs me the wrong way because in the wrong hands um this kind of energy can be can do a lot of damage it can make people afraid to and this isn't i don't want to sound like a fucking respectability politics like supporter like i don't believe that you have to be nice to your oppressor i don't believe that you can't be angry in order to be heard i don't really believe that you catch more flies with honey i believe that everyone has different triggers to excuse me i just burped (laughs) different triggers to different forms of oppression and like what really triggers one person's anger won't trigger another person's so it's up to the person who feels more who has more spoons to deal with that situation to deal with it in a way that is productive if somebody else can't like that's the whole point of having a movement with lots of different perspectives and people and like traumas and healing mechanisms and skills and because what one person can't handle someone else can and again that's the beauty of a non-hierarchical situation with like inherent checks and balances because you don't have one person making decisions it's all about like community and it's all about support and it's all about everyone stepping up or stepping back depending on what's appropriate and what's productive in that moment um i just don't think that people should be using like the fight for liberation for their own personal gain even if the only thing they're gaining is an ego boost and i've heard a lot of people talk about being and i feel this way too like in this vitriolic space feeling good feeling superior you know your ego is just like happy as a clam and and um and then you do you know something crosses the line and it doesn't feel good and suddenly it does feel like waking up to like a cult mentality like suddenly you're like wait what have i been doing like how have i been operating like i think i've i've done more i've caused more hurt than good i've done more harm than good um and maybe like this isn't the right space or energy for me and then god forbid you try to have a conversation about it and then that that machine gets turned on you and there's this fear of this there's this like insistence on perfection in these movements um to such a degree that people are afraid to be part of them again that's not respectability politics it's just like if you're not giving people room to learn and grow if you're always operating from a place of like judgment like attacking others um this like thing that people do on the internet where like something they just learned two minutes ago suddenly they're an expert on and they're chiding everyone who hasn't heard of it yet for being ignorant or whatever it's just like 
let's be real with one another. Like let's let's loosen the bonds of perfection. <laughs> let's see that for the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchal tool that it is. And let's just understand that we're all learning, that we're all growing, that we're all gonna make mistakes, that the language that is appropriate right now may not be appropriate in 10 years. We might have a completely different understanding of the intersections of race and class and sexuality and gender and that we'll have better words we'll have words that (laughs) maybe we'll need less words i don't know but like all of this like this insistence on perfection and this insistence on like knowing it all right now and if you don't know it all like there's something wrong with you and you're a bad person and you're like you deserve to lose everything in your life and you deserve to lose your platform you deserve to have people sending you death threats in the mail um telling you to kill yourself like all of this stuff is just and this isn't this isn't a purely left like problem this happens in all realms you know you see people like you see political differences like poor QAnon people like who get brainwashed into this dangerous cult and I say poor because I do feel for them like obviously there's something missing in them there's some unhealed issue if it if you're getting that sucked into like a ridiculous conspiracy theory don't at me Q people like just pretend I don't exist um but you know what I mean like people are kicking their kids out of their houses there it's like new new Christianity new American capitalist Christianity it's like they're they don't I just read a thing today of this dad who um whose son was in like a victim of one of those like mass shootings and his dad keeps trying to get him to admit that it was like a false flag and like a conspiracy and it didn't really happen he can't believe his son is like a part of this and upholding this conspiracy and the son is like literally traumatized and being like this happened like i have ptsd what the fuck and says that he doesn't even recognize who his dad is anymore so it's not just this isn't just like a call in for my lefty buddies this is also like it's happening on all sides this vitriolic like my way or the highway if you don't agree with me you're wrong you're morally bad you're intrinsically bad and like you should just stop um again if you don't have space to correct someone that's okay if there's a difference between someone who's like just accidentally messed up and or didn't know better didn't have access to tools words information um who is interested in doing better and someone who just doesn't want to learn i've seen lots of my friends who initially were very annoyed by the turn i took to being obsessed with social justice who found me absolutely impossible who argued with me at every turn who constantly rolled their eyes at me who like had me muted (laughs) for calling them out for their whiteness or their like cis white womanhood um who have since come around and are like on board you know so just because someone's in resistance initially doesn't mean they will be forever and uh and while i like obviously this whole podcast is about walking away cutting people off moving on letting go surrendering following your own path not letting anyone else tell you what to do or think 
you know, questioning, not conforming. Like, obviously, I believe in all of that and, like, do what's best for you 100% of the time. Like, look out for yourself, protect yourself, lay boundaries joyfully, lay boundaries gratefully. If someone can't respect your boundaries, kick them to the curb, obviously. But if you have the spoons, if someone's willing to learn, or if you simply just don't like someone, like it's, I'm going to do a podcast episode soon called, um, people are allowed to leave you. And you know, if, if something just falls apart, if a breakup happens, like if a friend group happen like happens to fall apart, if there's like a fight, a personal issue, like you can just let it go. You can just walk away. You don't have to run a smear campaign on the person. You don't have to um, villainize somebody. Like someone doesn't have to be problematic for you not to like them. <laughs> if you don't resonate with someone's social media posts, you can always unfollow. It's within your power to like do what you got to do to make your life as happy as possible. I think that, and it's important to question people who are drawn to power and people who wield power with sort of an iron fist. Like, like a, a, a good leader is a reluctant leader. A good leader is an empathic leader. A good leader is someone who, who tries to keep their ego at bay, who tries to work from a place of love. Um... Not that doesn't mean not angry. Like when someone is being oppressed, there is obviously justified what I like to call righteous anger there. Um, some people need to get yelled at. Some people need to get told off. I have made many a white woman cry um, just telling them the truth of like what they're doing. And I don't regret that. I don't regret the moments that I kind of went in on somebody a little bit hard because they weren't listening or because they weren't um, open to learning. I don't regret distancing myself from them. Um, What I am grateful for is that I didn't put them on blast. I didn't (laughs) publish them in my story. And anytime I see like in my memories or in my archives moments where I was vitriolic, I was on my high horse, I was in a place of judgment, I was pretending like I have always known things I just learned five minutes ago, I was shaming others, it doesn't feel good to me, it feels embarrassing, it feels like it was a a lesson I was learning, something I was working through and not my end goal because that's not where I am now. I just don't like to see it because I think it... I think really all it is is capitalism at work in our communities, in our movement, and I it just doesn't belong there. Like, it's just yet another thing we should be unpacking, like things that we consider good, like ambition. Like, if you carry this insatiable ambition for success, for notoriety, for fulfillment of goals, I think that that needs to be unpacked. If you... If you are trying to unpack the perfection in yourself, but you're constantly like calling out and making like subtweety, passive aggressive posts about like what is problematic, even though it's nonsense and you're just making it up, or like just something you personally have an issue with, but it isn't really like 
harmful to the movement you know what i mean i'm sure that you've encountered people like this and like posts like this and um what's the word like rampages like this you know everyone's seen it on the internet and it just it doesn't feel good again i'm just a white person talking from a place of privilege um but i prefer a movement that's centered on love communication mutual support and i just believe in in all areas everywhere i go every encounter i have i want to not let perfection in at all like with me and my partner there's no expectation of perfection um aside from the ones we carry in ourselves and we're constantly trying to unpack that through not requiring each other to take responsibility for stuff that's not our fault if that makes sense like anyone who's like yeah you should feel like shit about who you are uh i just don't like that that being said people like chrissy teigen getting deplatformed for being like a bully a little racist um extremely problematic like not being a like a like not being a good force in the world like her getting deplatformed i feel like is a good thing but did it really work that much because she just leaves twitter for a month and then comes back and like her little fan girlies are still in her comments being like we support you you know like every time someone gets quote-unquote canceled it's not permanent it doesn't stick like there's people always find a way to make money and like do their thing especially in this system so it's like it's not even effective it enables abusers or people who are very capitalist in or like it enables them to exploit and to gain power where they shouldn't have any um and it's just like not even working so i think that we should just open our minds to the idea of restorative justice of open dialogues and communications of like periodic check-ins with one another you know like how is this relationship going do you feel seen do you feel heard do you feel respected um is there anything is there a way that i could be a better partner friend comrade boss employee like is there a better like co-worker we won't say employee because yikes don't ask your boss if there's anything you could be doing better <laughs> um you know is there something like am i harming you like take initiative to like make sure that you're um working from a place in, of integrity and make those kinds of conversations like normal make them not be embarrassing make it make each other comfortable sharing truths make each other comfortable um calling out you know even just being like hey you know you're taking up a little too much space in the group and certain people who are like not as extroverted or uh, as you are having a hard time and they're you know i can tell that they want to speak but they don't feel like there's space for them so would you mind just like taking a step back for a week or like whatever like just it doesn't have to hurt our ego it doesn't have to like make us afraid to be in the fight or speak up or speak our truth we shouldn't be terrified of saying the wrong thing that's not helpful to the movement we shouldn't be terrified of making a mistake that's not helpful to the movement we shouldn't be terrified of learning new information because that's not helpful to the movement we should be 
in a place of understanding that we're always growing and changing. For example, five years ago, the, the term like AFAB and AMAB was brand new to me, like assigned female at birth, assigned male at birth. And this was a way to explain the experience, um, the spectrum of transness in a way that felt better than like misgendering someone, but it has become antiquated, like in a very short amount of time. It has become yet another way for transphobic people to categorize with binary language. Sometimes my mouth is searching for a word to do that, to categorize someone in a binary way because like that's the indoctrination that's the program of the cis hetero patriarchy it's on me to constantly be expanding my mind to listening to the experience of others and especially to listen to people younger than myself because they're the new wave they have the new words and that's what i do you know but that's just an example of like how quickly it's evolving. If five years ago it was new to me, and um, and now I'm seeing that it's like not actually chill to use that word. And like, why does it even matter what gender someone was assigned at birth? Like, we shouldn't even be using that kind of language or thinking in that framework because we're beyond that now. We understand more the construct of gender and how upholding that in any way is harmful so you see what i mean like if i was in resistance to that i wouldn't want to learn that new information and i would be sounding like a fucking transphobe even though i'm non-binary so like get that out of my head but if i was in that vitriolic place in that egoic place i would take that information go make an infographic on canva.com which by the way we all have a script a subscription to now so like anyone can make a graphic um with bullshit on it and i would be like blah 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 blah, blah. if you're using these words you're a transphobe and i'm better than you and i'm just letting you know how much smarter and more informed i am and you should feel bad about yourself but I'm not going to do that because like, that's not the vibe I'm going for. If that's the vibe you're going for, sure, fine. It takes all kinds in a movement to make it work. And obviously like anger is a good thing. Anger is productive. Anger is what at injustice is what gets the ball rolling towards progress, period, you know? But I'm just saying like, let's soften a little bit. Let's get out of this like again for lack of a better phrase like witch hunt mentality where we're just like tearing each other down left and right and all it's doing is fluffing our ego like all it's doing is making it easier to jerk ourselves off and um all over like a movement that is meant to build us up you know it's meant it's not for one person to feel good about themselves it's not for superiority's sake or feeling like the smartest in the room or the most woke or even the most oppressed you know because like objectively speaking like we understand who the most oppressive most oppressed people are um it's the people who have the most intersecting venn diagrams of the white supremacist capitalist hetero patriarchy right it's like black trans women experience the most oppression in our society so they're the ones we should be listening to the most 
um, and not constantly competing with them or throwing them under the bus to make ourselves feel like we're more oppressed because then that feels like we're the furthest away from problematic. That's not how it works. It's not productive and it's just not loving. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I would love to see more restorative justice in all manners of life. Um, and again, I'm someone who like, it, it is necessary for me to cut people off if they're causing me harm. I used to just ghost, um, which I have, I have learned is not healthy, that is toxic in itself. So these days I really try to have a conversation. If I can, if I have the spoons, I try to have multiple conversations. If I find someone unwilling to learn, I simply remove myself from that situation. Um, honestly, in most cases, if someone's true nature is, is one of causing harm, is one of abuse, is one of not acting from love or kindness or patience or forgiveness, that comes out, you know, like the truth comes out. What's that phrase? Like anything done in darkness will be brought to the light. It's very true. That's why it's unnecessary to like take revenge out on people to run smear campaigns because if someone's like a bad person, um, it gets discovered eventually or they just keep, you know, everywhere they go, their life implodes. Everywhere they go, people can't deal with them. Everywhere they go, they struggle. And that is life trying to do a wake-up call and teach them to do better. So let's just let life do what it does. Let the universe do what it does. Pray that person can like get their shit together, but ultimately release it and move more towards people who, um, who make us feel good. We stay so dwelling on, you know, I do this too. It's really hard to release when someone's hurt me it, like I love the phrase um lives in my head rent free because it's like oh you're taking up so much space and like I don't even like you <laughs> so more conversations more open communication more checking our ego more understanding when we're triggered more understanding when we're um when we're dealing with someone who's operating from a place of scarcity who's operating from a place of competition from hierarchy from capitalism from the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy and simply like dethroning them but without all the pomp and circumstance or dethrone them have the pomp and circumstance but don't do it to one another in the movement like don't do it to your ex-best friend just because you're not friends anymore, you know? Use it for good, use it the way it's meant to be used and stop ruining it for the rest of us. Because <laughs> um, that's not fucking cool. And I see it happen all the time and like that's, I'm not like, like criticizing cancel culture like fucking Joe Rogan is where it's like, I can't even tell offensive jokes anymore. What the fuck? I'm just criticizing it in the way that it's like, being weaponized by people who don't have good intentions and that is it thank you so much for listening i hope that you can be gentler on yourself so that you can be more um more sort of in a space 
that's more conducive to healing, that's more conducive to growing, that's more conducive to learning. We don't have to be... Um, why is boss baby popping into, we don't have to be the boss baby of our own brain, you know, like we can be gentle, we can be loving. If the voice in your head is harsh, is a critic, is expecting perfection of you and others, that is something that can and should be unpacked. Talk to yourself like a gentle parent. Talk to yourself like the accepting mother you never had. Talk to yourself like a good friend you know speak with love speak with encouragement speak with forgiveness and that will pour out in every direction thank you so much for listening i hope this gave you something to think about if you'd like to follow me you can do that at brit underscore that's underscore it twitter's the same thing with an extra underscore you can check out my website britcannon.me for photos videos pep talks um this very podcast and my original music walk on the intro and outro song is one of my original tunes off my debut ep called mantra um where i downloaded lots of um affirmations from the universe and put them to music and i would sing them to myself on my yoga mat and one day i decided to make them into an actual art piece and you can find that on my website If you would like to email me questions, comments, concerns, ideas for future episodes, stuff you'd like to hear me talk about, you can email me at walkonmychild at gmail.com. I hope that you have a beautiful, peaceful, and learning-filled week. (laughs) Happy healing, friends. Bye.